You're listening to Trinity Fremont's Sermon Podcast, where you can hear God's Word preached each and every week. Our purpose at Trinity is to raise up Christ's followers in our families and in our communities. We pray that as you listen to this week's sermon, you'll be encouraged and equipped to live out your faith in all that you do. All right, Jesus is coming back. The King has come, and He's coming again. All right, and so as we, as we get ready today, I just want to wish you all a Happy New Year. Let me try that again. Happy New Year! Do you know why we're wishing each other a happy new year? year. It's the new church year. Advent, the the church year runs Advent through the, you know, the season after Pentecost, which lasts for a really long time. Uh, But but Advent begins a new church year, and so happy new year, right? It is good to celebrate the new year with, with you, knowing that Jesus is coming back. But, but the thing that I love about the new year is I always know when it's going to happen, right? Like it, at, on December 31st at 11.59 and 50 seconds, the whole central time zone starts saying the same thing, right? Ten, nine, right? We're able to count down, and so then the, the whole central time zone is able to all together celebrate and shout out, Happy New Year. And sometimes we're kind of anxiously awaiting that new year. How many of you remember December 31st, 1999? Right? There was some anxious waiting that was happening as, as we were preparing for that clock to, to transition from 1999 to 2000. And there were a number of people who thought the world was going to end uh, at that time because, you know, the computers were just going you know, to explode because they didn't know what to do after 99. What were they going to do? Uh, but we knew when that moment might happen, right? We could count down and know the exact second that the world was going to end, if it was going to end. And, and then when it didn't end, we could all collectively take a sigh of, you know, uh, take a breath and move on with our lives. But we don't always know when these things are going to happen. And so, uh, you know, there, there are times where uh, I, I'm reminded of, of times where my wife will take the kids away for the weekend, maybe to the grandparents or, or to do something else, and I'm back here getting ready for worship or, or for a wedding, uh, and, and she'll be gone for the weekend, and, and maybe Saturday they're going to get ready to come home, and I'll get a call saying, hey, we're on our way, see you in an hour, right? And, and, and my, I, initially I'm filled with joy because it's been a couple days since I've seen my wife and my kids, and I'm so excited, but then there's the terror, that, that, that fills my heart because the list that she left me to do hasn't even been started. And not only has that list not been started, but I've also added to that list because I've not done any of the dishes or any of the laundry or any, anything else that like a normal human being would do to survive, right? I've just kind of let it all go. So I've got, I know I've got an hour to get absolutely everything done that I was supposed to be doing all weekend. But it's nice that I had that time of preparation. I knew when she was coming home, so I knew how to prepare or what I, at least what I needed to do to prepare. Or I knew how long I had to write my apology letter, uh, right? Whatever that was. But then there are other times where, where something's coming and we just don't know when it's coming. I remember as a kid, my grandparents would be coming to my house. And I, was, I lived in Hastings. My grandparents lived in, in Chapel, Nebraska, 
right, out in the, out in the panhandle. It was about a four-hour drive at that time, uh, but, but uh, they never told us when they were leaving. And also, they, they, sometimes they would just stop and have lunch, or they'd go to the restroom, or my grandpa would drive really slow sometimes, and so we never really knew when they were coming. And so I would always remember coming home from school that day and coming around the corner and looking to see, you know, is the car in the driveway? And a lot of times the answer was no, because they they, they'd take their time. Uh, and so then I'd get home, I'd take all my stuff off, and I'd just sit on the couch. Right? The couch, there was, behind the couch was this big glass window that looked out into our front yard. And so I'd sit on the back of the couch and just stare, waiting for Grandma and Grandpa to come. And then if I'd get bored with that, because they were taking a lot longer than I thought they would, then I'd maybe go out and shoot hoops in the front yard, or in the, in the front of the driveway, or, or like play catch with myself, like throw a football and run and catch it. Uh, but always I was like up in the front, making sure that I could see when Grandma and Grandpa were coming. And then finally, they would get there. How great that was when I saw that, that silverish, bluish Buick driving down the street. Oh, it was awesome. And that's what Advent is, right? I, don't get too worried. I'm only going to talk about Latin and Greek once, and that's on this slide, right? The reason that we have the word Advent is because it, it, it comes from the Latin word Adventus, right? A, a lot of times in English, we're not that, we're not that new, so we just steal words from other things and make it sound English. So Advent just comes from the word Adventus. Uh, the Greek word is parousia. We get paradise from that. Uh, but both of them are, are, are this looking forward and looking backwards. Right? We're looking back to the first advent of Jesus, but also looking forward to the second advent of Jesus, the second coming of Jesus. And so that's what we get in our text today as Jesus helps us look forward to his second advent. We see it starting in Matthew 24, verse 36, and he says, but concerning that day and hour, right, we sang about it, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father only. Now, it blows my mind a little bit that Jesus doesn't know when he's coming back, but the Father does. Uh, So, I don't understand that. Don't think too hard about it or you might hurt yourself. Um, we're just going to say, okay, Jesus, because you said so, we'll go with that. But, but only the Father knows when Jesus is coming back, or at least at that time. Maybe Jesus knows now. We don't know. But, but then as we continue, Jesus says, for as were the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day when Noah entered the ark. So just a quick poll. How many of you in the last seven days have eaten anything or have had anything to drink? Any of you? Okay, a few of you have eaten, so you've survived. Great. Um, uh, you know, I'm not going to ask how many of you have gotten married uh, in the last week, uh, but, um, but the whole point of that phrase, you know, Jesus is saying that like in the days of Noah, people were just living their lives. He's not talking about how corrupt or evil the people of Noah's day were. They were just living. They were eating. They were drinking. They were having families that would pass on from generation to generation. They were just living their life until they were unaware until the flood came and swept them away. And that will be like what the coming of the Son of Man will be like. And so the question is then what? What do we do? 
Well, Matthew continues a little bit later. Jesus continues a little later saying, therefore stay awake for you do not know what day your Lord is coming. All right, stay awake. And that's not just for the next 10 minutes, right? That is uh, stay awake, look for the coming of Jesus. Uh, a little bit later, a, a verse later, Jesus just says, be ready. Be ready for my second advent. But Jesus, he really says, this is not going to be like Y2K, right? This is not going to be like uh, where you're able to count down and know exactly the moment. It's not even going to be like Stacy giving me a heads up, like, hey, you got an hour to get everything ready. So Jesus is saying, you need to just be ready, right? This is instead going to be like my grandparents, where I didn't know when they were coming. I just knew that they were coming. And so the question is, that, that I want to focus on, us on today, is the question of why. Why should we be looking forward to the second advent of Jesus? Because often, uh, when I get texts like these, I get really excited because I'm going to talk about the what. What will it be like when Jesus returns? Right? I love to talk about that on that day, all who have who have faith in Jesus will be made new. The dead will be raised to new life, and those who are living will be made imperishable. Body and soul will be reunited in a perfect way. There will be no more sin or suffering or sadness or death, and there will be perfect union with God forever and ever. And so I love to talk about the what of the last day. But today, I want to ask why. Right? Why should we focus? Why should we look forward? Why should we stay awake for that second advent? Well, Jesus actually never tells us why, but he says to do it. And so because Jesus said to do it, we should do it. Right? A number of years ago, we, uh, we, we went through the red letter challenge, and there was a day in that challenge that encouraged us to memorize six letters, B-Y-S-S-I-W. Does anybody remember what B-Y-S-S-I-W stands for? And we just talked about it at Beers and Brews, so I'm looking over here to somebody. Does anybody remember uh, what B-Y-S-S-I-W stands for? Because you said so, I will. Right? Jesus, because you said so, even though it doesn't necessarily make sense, or, or, or I don't know why, but you said so, okay, I will. I don't need to necessarily know why, but because you said so, I will. But also, we kind of get this implicit, well, you don't know when I'm coming back, so be ready. Right? I'm not going to give you a heads up. I'm not going to give you a countdown, so, so be ready. Stay awake. And we get that a little bit in those next two verses where it says, well, if the, thief, if the master of the house would have known when the thief was coming, he would have been ready. And so we are called to stay awake. But then as I was, I was asking myself this question and looking through some things, I found one of my favorite professors, uh, Dr. Gibbs. He wrote the commentary on Matthew. Uh, he baptized Alex, um, one of my favorite guys. Uh, but he talks about this question, why? And he gives five reasons. And I'm going to run through the first four real quickly because I want to focus on the last one. But let me just read through these, right? If Christians fail to look for the return of Christ, they could lose their faith and fall away from the Lord. Right? Because we live in an area of spiritual danger. Right? We live uh, in a culture that says, well, just get your kid baptized and confirmed and you're set. Right? We live in, in, in a place where Satan is constantly trying to pull us away from his church, from his body. 
And if we fail to, to look for the return of Christ, we could lose faith. Right? Also, if Christians forget to look for the re- return of Christ, they can forget what it is that they've been given to do. Right? Jesus says right before he ascends, right before he puts us in this period of the last days that we've been in for 70 years, or for, sorry, for 2,000 years, uh, he says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations by baptizing them and uh, by teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. Your mission is to make disciples. And if Jesus isn't coming back, why should I care about that mission? Or if I don't remember or if I don't focus on Jesus coming back, then it's really easy for me to not do the mission because there's plenty of time to do that later. Kind of like what I sometimes do when Stacy's out for the weekend. And if Christians forget to look for the return of Christ, we can think that the world doesn't matter, that creation doesn't matter, but it matters, right? Body and soul matters. This world matters, and so we're called to care for it. Uh, also, if, if the hope of Christ's return fades in our hearts, then we can get discouraged and decide to just pull back and survive or look for hope in different places. It's really easy to, to look for hope in politics. It's really lo- easy to look for hope in just, you know, if, if everybody would just be a good person, then the world would be fixed. It's really easy to look for hope in the next coach, that he'll fix everything. Right? But every time we're going to be disappointed. Now, sometimes we're disappointed more than others. I'm hoping that this time with the new coach, we're not disappointed as much as we've been in the past. But we'll still eventually be disappointed. But here's the one I want to focus on. Why will it be a blessing to look for the return of Jesus? Because it's Jesus who we're longing for. It's Jesus whose return we're longing for. Right? Jesus is with us right now. He is truly physically present in with and under the bread and the wine. He is with us. He's, you know, in the end of Matthew uh, 28, 19, 20, he says, and surely I will be with you always to the very end of the age. So he's with us, but I can't give him a hug. I can't see him face to face. I can't see the way his face lights up when he sees me. And so he's with us, but not in the way that we fully are able to experience. Right? Just like, well, at that time I couldn't, but like I can call my grand, I could have called my grandparents. I couldn't like FaceTime with them, but I could have called my grandparents and I, I could have had conversations with them, but it's different when they're there. Right? I, and it's, it, it, I remember this one time where I was watching, actively watching for my grandparents to come, and you will have no idea how many silver and blue Buicks drove past with a big old tall bald guy and a, big old, and a little short white-haired lady. And every time they drove past, I was disappointed because they weren't the ones that I was looking for. But finally, when that turn signal turned on and I saw that it was my grandpa and my grandma and they were coming to see me, what incredible joy I had, right? And so why should we look for the return of Jesus? Because it's Jesus that we want to return, right? It's not somebody else. It's Jesus who we get to spend eternity with and others, but Jesus is the one who makes our hope worth hoping, right? So in the midst of this confident faith that you have in his promises, in the joy of his return, right, there will be a day when your faith will be turned to sight. There will be a day when you will see Jesus face 
to face. There will be a day when you can give Jesus a big old hug, when, when his face will light up when he sees you. And so stay awake, be ready, be on the lookout for the return of Jesus. Because Jesus loves you and we are able to love him and so we long for his return. All right, it's as simple as that. Amen? Amen. Amen. And may God's peace be with you as you long for his return. But as we, as we consider this desire for the return of Jesus, as we consider this need to stay awake and be ready, we also know that there are times where we've said, I can do that later. Or more stuff is important now than looking for the return of Jesus or being ready for the return of Jesus. And so um, as, we, as we come before him, we have an opportunity to confess our sins to him. And so uh, pray with me, will you? Lord Jesus, we thank you that we know that you are coming back. And what a glorious day that will be. We don't know when that's happened. That could be later today. That could be 2,000 years from now. But we know that you are coming back, and we long for that day. We long for the day when we will see you face to face, where we will be able to give you a big hug, where your face will light up because of the joy that you have seeing in us, the joy that you have in seeing our faces, knowing that we will never again be separated. But God, until that day, um, we know that we aren't always ready. We aren't always looking for you. We know that there are distractions in our lives that get in between you and us. We know there's this broken relationship that only you can fix. And so uh, today we just come before you and lay down our sins at your feet. And so we take a moment in the quietness of our hearts to confess our sins to you. Amen.